0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and I'm joined by Tom Canton of the Arsenal way. He's a fan brighter for Football London covering Arsenal. Um, he doesn't look as nervous as I thought he might do, but that's maybe because Arsenal's chances of gaining top four are still in their hands despite the result at the weekend. They obviously travel to Newcastle. They'll no doubt be here in Newcastle right now because kickoff is only a few hours away. It's the last game. Atton James Park for Newcastle this season. From a Newcastle point of view, to be coming into this game without anything riding on it is nothing short of a miracle, considering they were destined for the championship in many people's eyes at the turn of the year. The only side to avoid relegation having not won any of their first 14 games. And when you say that, when I say that out loud, I still struggle to believe it, especially considering just how badly they were playing. But anyhow, he's turned it around. And Tom, I have to say... I. That point that I've just made there, everyone looked at the run of fixtures Newcastle had towards the end of the season. Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal and then Burnley and thought that is a dangerous, dangerous run-in to be in a relegation scrap as it is. Newcastle are safe, looking forward to next season. Um, and I think the atmosphere tonight, there's not going to be any nervousness on Newcastle's part. I think it's going to be an absolutely fantastic atmosphere. Uh, War flags, so the group have put together the biggest ever display. Every single Newcastle fan in that ground is going to have something to wave come kick off it's going to look amazing it's going to be bouncing how are Arsenal come into this is there a little bit of nervous in the camp do you think
1: yeah absolutely um you know there's a lot riding on this for Arsenal it's a case of it, it we must win we absolutely have to win this game if we want to try and get top four because Spurs go to Norwich on the last game of the season and you'd all expect you know Spurs to pick up points at Norwich, even though, you know, they're famous for being spursy. I just can't quite see them going to that level of spursiness to drop points there. Um, and if we don't get anything other than win, we, we will go into the final day of the season, you know, in fifth with the advantage handed to our North London, uh, London rival. So yeah, there is going to be nerves. Um, there's not, I'll be, I'll be real from kind of looking across the fan base. There's not bundles of optimism, you know, that the Spurs result really did, I think, hit the confidence of the fan base very hard. And they've had to deal with that as, as best they can. There's obviously the the hope that's there, but people are looking at this Newcastle game as a very, very difficult fixture for us to to go into and try and get a win from. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see.
0: Alan Giroud said last night, a match of the day, he felt Newcastle will give Arsenal a tough game. And they've only lost to Liverpool and Manchester City. Um, since uh, the turn of the year, that's how good their home form has been. At mm. times, it's not been pretty, but it's been effective. You know, against Everton, they, they dominated and won that game. Against Aston Villa, they didn't do, but they still came out with all three points. And it's just a really good bounce around the club, a really good feeling. And, and I'm just wondering how you think um, Arsenal are going to deal with that because they are going to come into a completely different St James's Park to what they've they've witnessed in previous seasons. You know, they've got a good record up here. At St James' part, but it's a total different club, total different feeling around the place, and it really will be a party atmosphere tonight. How does Michel Arteta and the players handle that?
1: Uh, they handle it. They've handled some other big games this season. You know, there was no expectation about going to Stamford Bridge and taking a win, and we managed to score four goals and, and win there. You know, going to West Ham United, as, as Manchester City found so difficult this weekend, you know, it's, it's not an easy place to go, and yet we've come away with, with a 2-1 win. So they handle it by playing as they always have done. I think they struggled in the Spurs game with the atmosphere and the occasion just because it, because of the emotion of what that game is. And if, if anything, it was kind of one of those games where I argue they got too up for it and went in too aggressively. And it, yeah, it bit us hard with the red cards or the penalty being given away no matter how soft it was. But I think all of those factors combined to, to really cause Arsenal to fall apart, they would have got perspective after that game. It's interesting because I feel like had we drawn the North London derby, which would have still opened up you know, the chance for Spurs to still take this in the last two games, there's the argument that maybe this game would have been a bit too comfortable for Arsenal. and They could have dropped points out of naivety. But losing that North London derby may cause Arsenal a little bit more um, perspective uh, about it and a little bit more of a reaction, maturity possibly, and, and being kind of taken back a peg, if you like, by Spurs. And that might give them that that level of assuredness that they need to go into this game. But the question for Arsenal is always going to be about who's going to play because, you know, who's fit and who isn't is is a big question for us right now. Well, you, you segue in nicely into
0: my next question. Can you just give us an update? Because there is a bit of an injury crisis at the back for Arsenal. Ben White is, is one of the names who is potentially going to be missing. Just give our listeners and our viewers a bit of an update with Arsenal's injury crisis.
1: Yeah, so Kieran T and Thomas Partey are out and have been, you know, since the the turn of the, the international break. Partey played against Palace, but got injured, so he's he's definitely out. In terms of the other players that are doubts right now, Ben White, as you've mentioned, and Gabriel, uh, we're unsure. Uh, there's rumours that they've both travelled today, which is obviously a good sign because this being an absolute must-win, if you are going to risk anyone, this is the game to risk them in. Um, so knowing that Rob Holding, who is suspended for this game, would back for the uh, the Everton fixture next week will certainly have given probably Arteta an incentive to risk those two players. So they could play, but there's no guarantees. It does mean that Cedric and Tavares are the most likely to start in the fullback areas unless Arteta chooses to go with Xhaka at left-back, which I'd be surprised considering he's now got Tavares there. And because of the crisis at centre-back, if there is going to be an unorthodox choice at centre-back, it probably will be... Granit Xhaka. Sakira Tomiyasu's fit, though, and he's a very versatile defender that can play in any of the full-back or central defensive positions, and I expect him to be in the back line probably a long slide, Ben White, um, because Gabriel is, is the biggest out of all. So if I was to kind of predict the back line, I think it will probably look something like Cedric, White, Tomiyasu, and, and Tavares making up that back line with Xhaka and El Nelly playing in the middle.
0: Um, given that Spurs are the team chasing Arsenal down, is there a bit more pressure on the race for the top four? Because if you lose out on the top four, it's going to be to your closest rivals. It's like Newcastle losing out with Sunderland, which obviously yeah. can't happen for a few seasons yet. But um, is there a bit more of a pressure there on, on, on Arsenal, even though it is in their hands? Yeah.
1: Um... I think that it's an interesting one because no one thought Arsenal would be in a top four race this season. Um, You know, with how good Man United were in the market in terms of bringing in Ronaldo and, you know, Jadon Sancho and Rafa Varane, everyone thought they would be pushing forwards. You know, Leicester, Wolves, Aston Villa promised so much at the start of the season. have all underperformed massively. West Ham, as we know, are always going to be a side that we're looking to push forwards. And, you know, again, they've confirmed Europe for next season, but they weren't really able to compete with the Europa League commitments that they had this season. Um, But that said, Arsenal have earned their way into a top four race, you know, the youngest average team in the Premier League this season under Arteta, we've seen some huge performances from the players like the Saka coming off the back of a really disappointing end, of course, to the European Championships in the summer. Um, The players that we brought in, the six signings that we made, Ben White, Aaron Ramsdale, Martin Odegaard's been absolutely brilliant, Takira Tomiyasu, as I've mentioned, has been really good. And then you've got uh, Nuno Tavares and Sambi Lokonga that have both added depth to the team. they have not you know, not ready to be first team regulars, but when they've been called upon, you know, they've offered us something more than what previous depth options have offered us in the past. And this thing about this Arsenal team is because it's such a young side, there is a bit of no fear about them. And I think that means they go into a lot of their games just kind of focusing on the task at hand, not thinking too far ahead, not thinking about the objective. Because the fact that we've already confirmed fifth that we confirm fifth three or four games ahead of the end of the season you know and that was really the target of this year just to get back into those europa league qualifying places after we finished eighth back to back in two seasons was was always going to be a strong end to the season but the fact that we can secure champions league would be a huge kind of acceleration of the club's plans of what they want to achieve um which is to obviously get back into the champions League, get back compete for titles again and the transfer business that they're looking to do this summer as well points towards that being the goal with some big players like Gabriel Jesus of course being linked with the club Yuri uh, Tillemans of Leicester as well looking like two really possible signings this summer so there's there's hope that we can do it but the Champions League is is a big catalyst I think for for where Arteta sees this club going
0: you've mentioned there uh, it's a young side and mm-hmm. while you know they they have that no fear approach is there also a case that they lack a bit of Experience and I suppose going into this, the last few games are so much riding
1: on on you know, who essentially gets into the Champions League. That experience counts for a lot. Yeah, it really does. I think we've seen you know Thiago Silva coming at 35. I think he was when he joined back to Chelsea. Um And I remember he was linked to Arsenal when he left PSG. I think it was. um And when he did, so many Arsenal fans were like, no, nope, don't don't want anyone. You know, 35 years of age coming into Arsenal, but I think you see the impact of a player like that joining, you know, they've won a Champions League with with Thiago Silva there and I think Arsenal do lack that. Their most experienced players at times have been you know, liabilities. Granit Xhaka has cost us on a number of occasions. Cedric, you know, one of our more experienced players as well as as cost us. Even Thomas Partey in the first half of the season in particular didn't have the best of times. In 2022, he was very, very good and then of course got injured. So, it's been on the young players to, to drag us to this point and we have overachieved with those young players, players like Saka and Smith-Rowe and Martinelli and Odegaard and Ramsdale and Wyatt and Tommy Asu. These are all guys that start the season age 23 or under, and they've been expected to drag this team, you know, towards where it wants to go, which is why in the summer, even though we're still being linked to some younger-ish players, you know, you think Gabriel Jesus 25, um, 24-25, but I, I think that there is a necessity for Arsenal to go into the market and probably think about adding a... Uh, an experienced, probably Premier League experienced player that can add some guidance uh, and and leadership authority into the squad. I mean, I'm interested from that Newcastle side of things as well. Like, Do you think that that's, with Trippier coming in, Chris Wood coming in, it wasn't a case of, I know there were links to the likes of Eketike, for instance, I think it's from Rem, um, exciting young players. Bruno Guimaraes is a young player, of course, too. But do you think that they saw the opportunity to go, no, you know, we're going to bed in that foundation of experience first before we go for the the young stars to, to propel us to that next level.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. They were missing leadership on the pitch, and I love watching and trivia because you can see him directing players, shouting at players, you know, mm. telling players where to be on the pitch, and that's what Newcastle were lacking. They had Jamal cells, but even he has admitted it was largely on just him as captain, and there weren't many other leaders around the dressing room, if any at all. So to have Kieran Trippier come in, Dan Burn, and Chris Wood with Premier League experience, but also big characters you know Dan Byrne is a really big character and he, he's part of that leadership now alongside and Trippier and many people are calling for Trippier to to be captain it'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer but a lot of people uh outside of Newcastle say you know it's it's easy when you've got all the money in the world but that's not necessarily the approach of Newcastle and yes they had a, a bit of money to spend but you can still spend it on the wrong players and to get someone like and Trippier in with that experience and that know-how and just that drive it's been so important. Even though he's been out injured, he's still been, you know, behind the scenes, at games in the dressing room, and it's just that that leadership that he's brought, and that's been the most important thing. Obviously, the quality as a defender, you, you know, we've seen the free kicks he can uh, he can take. He scored a couple before he was injured, but it has come down to I think that leadership on and off the pitch, which is mm. which is taking everyone up the level. And you mentioned Bruno Guimaraes there as well for a young chap. You know he's mm. just got something about him I and mean, he could easily be a future in your captain maybe even a Brazilian captain at some point he's just got that little bit about him that little bit of bite about him that nastiness I think you need in the Premier League to you know just let players you know you're there that you can give as well as take and he's been he's been really good and of course he was linked to Arsenal as well and there's a there's a song that goes about from and how he turned down Arsenal I'm putting it there politely so it'll be interesting to see um kind of the reaction that gets tonight with the fans and what have you but I think Newcastle fans are just really excited, and this is another, this is another challenge against the top side in the Premier League, which shows you how far Newcastle have got to go. We saw yeah. against Liverpool and against Manchester City, the gap is unbelievable. Um, and it, you know, it will, it, it is to Arsenal as well because Arsenal are, you know, fighting for yeah. the Champions League. But it's a good, it's a good barometer, I think, to, to see what Newcastle have got to do in the summer and in next January and, and, and so forth before they can actually gate crash the party. But, um, yeah, it's exciting. And, and, you know, two young managers as well on the, on the in the dugouts mm. tonight, Arteta and and, Howe. and How do you think Arteta's handling that pressure? Because he was a bit feisty um, to, at the end of the game. And, of course, he wasn't happy with the decision that was given for the penalty. But um, yeah. and there, was a, there was a comment as well um, that he made. And it was about him telling the players that if we play the way we did in the first 30 minutes, we'll be fine against Newcastle. And one of our uh, viewers here David Legge has said his comments claiming Newcastle will not be a problem. Surely that will be all the motivation that our players will need. And I fully agree with that. And I know Arteta was big enough for his players. Why wouldn't you? That's what you yeah, mean. Yeah. I felt the comments were a little bit, a little bit risky. I, don't, I, I didn't watch the full game. Mm. So do you agree with his comments in the first 30 minutes? Arsenal was spot on and if the play like that will beat Newcastle tonight?
1: I mean, the 30, 30 minutes included Rob Holding's red card, so I'm not sure that it's it, it's it's completely accurate. What I would say is they started the game against Spurs very well. You know, they were the more dominant team and they looked like they were going to, you know, take all the points if you, if you went off the first 15 minutes, I think, if we were honest. But even then, you know, there were players that were vulnerable. You know, Cedric was one of those. He was leaving Holding exposed and Alan saint going to be playing on that side and you'd think would have a great time against Cedric. So he's going to have to be 100% on it. I think that what Arteta has started to do is he's trying to be a little bit more media savvy at the moment. He's certainly trying to deflect a lot more away from his players, keep the pressure off them. If anything, put the pressure onto him. He can take, you know, media criticism. He can take Antonio Conte biting at him if he wants to. You know, he's he is, despite being the youngest ma- uh, manager in the league, he's one of the most mature in terms of how he deals with questioning. He's just no nonsense in press conferences. He just bats off questions. He doesn't talk about transfers. Any You often see sometimes managers are attempting into an answer about certain players and say, you know, we don't talk about players that aren't ours and stuff like that. And then they leave little hints and things. I'll tell you, it's just no nonsense. It's just, it's the template answer every single time of, you know, I don't talk about transfers. I never will. And that that's just the answer that you get. And it's like that sometimes. If... I don't want to say it comes across as rude because, you know, he's trying to be defensive and deflective, but there are times I do feel sometimes where maybe he could be a bit warmer in a press conference. I think it maybe would endear him a bit more to the supporter base in some senses, but I think he'd probably turn around and argue that, you know, his performances, the results, that's all that he needs to endear him to supporters and to get Arsenal into the Champions League. Uh, I think that's the most important thing for him. Uh, And that makes complete sense, in which case he's entitled to answer questions however he wants in in that way. For those who are listening to this and watching this that don't watch
0: Arsenal all that often, can you just give a bit of insight into how you think they will approach tonight on the pitch?
1: They'll play with intensity from the start If from the way that we've played recently. Um, They probably want to come out and and get an early goal because Arsenal's record when they go a goal down is not good. The only game that we've won after conceding first is the Wolves game. In that game, we had to come from behind with, I think, 10 minutes left on the clock in that that game. So if Newcastle score first, it's probably the biggest sign that Arsenal will drop points uh, in in this game because them coming from behind is a very, very difficult thing for them to do. So what they try to do is is score first, get themselves that confidence, get themselves that boost as early as possible, give them something to hold on to because when they've got a lead, you know, they are difficult to peg back. Um, Only teams like Chelsea... Manchester City have been able to really get back on Arsenal once they have taken the leads in games. Uh, we've gone to places, even like Anfield in the League Cup and held out for a 0-0 draw when we've needed to. You know, we've gone to, to Molyneux and taken a 1-0 win despite having 10 men in that game. So Arsenal can be very stubborn. If we do concede, because it's such an immature and young side, that's our downfall. And that's why our defensive record this season's not necessarily been as good as the the last couple of seasons, despite us having, you know, a lot of clean sheets and a lot of good defensive performances. When we do concede, because they're a young squad, their head's drop, and, And that's the biggest thing. So if Newcastle attack, which I personally expect them to with, you know, nothing to play for, it's a game where they've got nothing to lose. So why not go and try and, you know, give Arsenal a game? There, there's that threat but equally if Newcastle come out which as I say I expect them to do that then I think that there'll be open spaces for Arsenal to try and exploit, and that's where they'll try and get in behind get those low driven crosses and cutbacks into the box ready and Ketty or his form's really turned around if he gets the ball in the six yard area and he's allowed to take a shot he's clinical um his overall game needs a lot of improving but his clinical finishing inside the area is is very very good um what should miss a sitter from six yards now but uh, it is usually very, very good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I was a bit angry. I think is the right word the way Newcastle defended against Manchester City. They were far too open. I felt at least four of the five goals were avoidable. It was just individual errors. And I fear if they perform the same way at the back the, 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 as they did against City tonight, then they will get punished, hopefully. From a Newcastle point of view, they've been working on that in the training pitch and they can avoid those errors. You mentioned there, um, you mentioned there, Alan St-Maxman. Uh, Callum Wilson may start. He's one of those definitely in contention who came off the bench against City. But just on the likes of Alan St-Maxman, who's clearly the, you know, the player with the most threat, how do you see Arsenal coping with him? You know, There's been a bit said about Arsenal's discipline and how they maybe like to kick a player here or there. Is that an approach they, they might take tonight, you think?
1: The discipline isn't... It's not characterised of a team that kick out or that are too physical... It's ill-discipline through errors and mistakes, and um, if a player gets beaten, which as we know, Alan Samaxman can do, you know, they, they pull back, they they give away yellow cards on on the break, sometimes smartly. It's a very Manchester City s thing that Arteta's taken from his time with Pep that you know the professional fouls side of the game, but. You know, Arsenal's players aren't always as savvy as Man City's are, and often it can lead to, to red cards, as we've seen through Holding or Gabriel or Xhaka this season. Xhaka on, on two occasions uh, this season's got red cards. So even Thomas Partey as well has been sent off. So we've, I think arteta has got a mental record for red cards. So there's, there's always the chance that that will happen. Um, but I think that Arsenal will, will try and be smart about the way that they play. I think they'll try and be as calm as possible, and they'll lean on on the attackers to be as intense as they can whilst trying to remain you know defensively disciplined so it's it's a tag that i think can be twisted and changed based upon a stat of red cards but the reality of the situation is it's it's a young team that are being coached to play a certain way and they're just not fully attuned to that way of playing yet in the way that manchester city's players are, are clever enough to do that
0: And before I ask you for your score prediction, I'll also put on the score predictions that are in the comments here. I just want to get your overall view of Newcastle, you know, and how the fans are looking upon Newcastle United, of course, with the takeover with Eddie Howe and what the future potentially holds for Newcastle. Because, of course, they want to be where Arsenal are on. Hopefully, in the next few years, from a Newcastle perspective, you know, they'll be battling with Arsenal for the top four, maybe even for the Premier League title in years to come. So what is the overall view of, of Newcastle in the eyes of Arsenal fans? Uh,
1: the, the feeling is worry. The feeling is, is, you know, concern, which will be music to, to Newcastle is, I'm sure. Uh, and I think that that was realised in, in January with the way in which you approached the January window. Bruno Guimaraes in particular, you know, Arsenal have been linked with him for two years. They'd followed him from his time at Atletico Permanente in Brazil before he went to Lyon. Lyon beat them to the signing because they just weren't sure at the time. He was a player that they were looking at for more the summer and, you know, they weren't really willing to, to do the deal for Bruno in January. Newcastle were. And, and so that's why obviously Newcastle went ahead and and, and st- stole him really from under the noses of Arsenal because they, they weren't willing to do that type of business in January. If Arsenal were going to do any business in January, it was going to be for a striker. And that didn't happen either, even though Aubameyang left. So, yeah, I think that that's a signal of, of intent. And I think that Newcastle should approach this game from their perspective as making a statement, you know, to Arsenal and to the teams that, you know, we're get, we're here to be scared of. You know, we're a team that need to make a statement that you're going to have to compete with next season. And we're not going to be a team that you can take 16 of the last 17 wins from from now, which is the record with, with Arsenal and Newcastle, you know. And I don't expect it to be a game that reflects that record. Um, at all. I expect it to be a very, very different type of game tonight that reflects more upon the Newcastle that we're, you know, fretting about from an Arsenal perspective in the future than the one that, you know, is is disappointed in the last 17 games. So I think that Newcastle will be a threat. And I think that the signings that you've made in January certainly point towards not the QPR of this world that, you know, spent a lot of money without really much sense. It's got a different feel about it and one where you seem to be making the right choices. Mm, You mentioned there the history. I'll just run through a few facts. So Arsenal have won 18 of
0: the past 19 league and cup meetings. The exception was a 2-1 league defeat in April 2018 when Matt Ritchie scored. Newcastle have gone seven consecutive, yeah, have gone seven competitive games without a goal against Arsenal. The last one coming in 2018. Um, however, you're going Newcastle... <laughs> That's
1: all it means, yeah.
0: <laughs> Newcastle have earned 32 points in 17 league games in 2022, which shows you how well you know, they've done since the turn of the year. That said, though, the Magpies have lost all nine matches this season against teams currently in the top five of the table, conceding an eye-watering 27 goals. So from a Newcastle point of view, I'm very much when those stats go out the window tonight and Newcastle can, uh, can beat Arsenal. I know, Tom, you won't be. I'm just going to dive into the comments here. And as the score prediction, so I did ask our viewers watching live what they thought the score was going to be. and say everyone is very optimistic from Newcastle point of view. You've got Michael there saying 3-1 to the tune. Darren says Arsenal are boring, 3-0 to the tune. We've got Simon with a 2-1 win to Newcastle. We've got Jonathan, a 3-1 win to Newcastle. We've got Greg applying a little bit of realism or um, not too much optimism as the rest of everyone else. He says he thinks a 1-1 draw. Um, we've got Nicky saying 2-1 win to Newcastle. We've got David saying a 2-2 draw. Simon, 2-1. And Andrew Carter with 2-2. And that leads me on to you, Tom. How is this one going to finish?
1: It's impossible to, to, to predict this one. It really, really is. Um, I, I said with my heart on the show the other day, Arsenal would win 3-0 just because it's a game that's so unpredictable and that Newcastle will be so ultra offensive. I feel with nothing to lose that Arsenal could get in behind and find those spaces But if I'm, you know, if I'm thinking a little bit more considerably and without that, not bias, but you know, just pure hope of willing it into existence. Um, I think this has probably got a bit of a score drop written on it. Um, if anything, it would lean more towards a Newcastle st- nicking it away from Arsenal. If I say, if you get the first goal, I think you'll win. Um, if if arsenal score first i think i think we'll win i just think it, it's as simple as that on the night to be honest
0: and we'll finish with the most optimistic man in the chat <laughs> that's Ari. he says he's going for callum wilson Hatterick. every newcastle fan watching listening will certainly take that tom thank you very much for popping on today everything is black and white podcast to you guys watching and listening head over to chronic live.co.uk to keep date with all the latest newcastle news including the live blog bringing the coverage of tonight's game against Arsenal at St James' Park please remember to like and follow the podcast thanks for tuning in this has been the Everything is Black and White podcast